Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. The following podcast contains explicit language. Should we read the draft one more time before we send it out to anybody? Uh, yeah, like a quick pass. We'll skim. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to talk to our good friend, the insanely talented writer, Nichelle Tramble Spellman, about her new show, Truth Be Told, starring Octavia Spencer, Lizzie Kaplan, and Aaron Paul. And in Take a Hike, Liz explains why she's failing on all fronts, and we'll try to figure out what she can do about it, if anything. And Nichelle's got a premiere night Hollywood hack. Spoiler alert, pink shoes will be mentioned. But first, an update. Yes, so we got an email from a listener that struck a chord with us. Kate wrote in, when you were talking about your season of sacrifice and the need to limit yourself to the non-negotiables, you said we could do this all for nothing. There's no guarantee that you'll come out of this season with the results you want, and you might just be heading back to the drawing board. That sucks, and I really hope that my comment doesn't come across as dismissive or Pollyanna-ish, but when I'm in a similar situation, it helps me to take the long view. You might not get the immediate result you want, but you might plant the seeds for something even better. You're making new contacts, impressing new people, etc. This effort could pay off in an unpredictable way only a few miles down the road, so if the shows don't get picked up, you can't say for sure that it was for nothing. Well, what a good point. Yeah. I mean, as soon as we read that, we were like, oh, she's right. And we know this, and yet we forget this. Yes. No, one of our kind of key tenets of life is you never know what's good news and what's bad news. Yes. So absolutely. Yes. So a good reminder to us and to anyone out there who's in a similar situation, take the long view. Yes. So we will do that. Thank you, Kate. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's Nichelle Tramble Spellman and her absolutely wonderful new show for Apple TV Plus, 
truth be told. Nichelle's got so much to share, not just about making one of Apple's very first shows, but also about her experience as an African-American woman in Hollywood and more. Nichelle Tramble Spellman is the creator and showrunner of the forthcoming Apple drama series Truth Be Told. It's a limited series inspired by the novel Are You Sleeping? Previous to that, she spent three seasons on the critically acclaimed CBS drama The Good Wife, as well as FX's Justified. She's also the author of the novels The Dying Ground and The Last King. She's currently a consulting producer on FX's Snowfall, and Sarah Truth Be Told debuts tomorrow on Apple TV+. And we got a sneak peek at it. It is amazing. So good. good. Nichelle, welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Before we talk about your awesome show, Truth Be Told, which we love, we want to give our listeners a little backstory. We are exceedingly proud of the fact that we gave you your first writing job in television. My first television job. You were a staff writer on our ABC show, Women's Murder Club. Yes. That was 2008. Seven. Seven. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) We wanted to ask you to tell the story of your initial interview because you kind of moved heaven and earth to get to the interview, and we had no clue about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'd gone through the CBS uh, New Writers Program, and we were at the end of the program, and most of the people who were going to get staffed that year had sort of had their meetings, gotten staffed, and nothing had happened. I'd gone on a couple of meetings. They'd gone well, and the shows didn't get picked up. Mm. So I didn't think that it was going to happen that year. So I went home to the Bay Area with my uh, boyfriend, who's my husband now, and we were just at the house and I got a call saying, oh, they want to meet you on Women's Murder Club today. And Malcolm and I were getting ready to drive back to the Bay, but we wouldn't make it, I mean, back from the Bay, and we wouldn't have made it in time. So he got off the freeway. I went to the airport, (laughs) jumped on a flight, and (laughs) landed in L.A., got to the the meeting. It was at L.A. Center Studios. And I just asked the security guard to keep my luggage. (laughs) (laughs) That is the craziest thing. (laughs) So he had my luggage tucked behind his desk, and I threw something on that I pulled out of a bag. (laughs) And then I went upstairs and calmly had. (laughs) And we didn't know this for years. No, (laughs) not for years. We had no clue. I mean, we could have come the next day. That's the funny thing about it. I mean, no one, if if someone was like, she's in the bay, she has to come tomorrow, we would have been like, that's fine. But we appreciate how the effort you went to. Thank God you did. And it was like, I think that you guys were in the middle of something, like it was a casting situation or something like that in the middle of the meeting. So I didn't, I didn't know how it went. I really didn't. And I was so poor at the time that I was like, oh, my God, the plane ticket cost. <laughs> yes. Well, we loved you. And oh I have God. to say, you had a spec script, a Law & Order SVU script. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was so good. And we always talk about on the podcast how if you have one great script, yeah. that will get you a job. I mean, ultimately, it's the most important thing. And you had a great Spec at that time, more people did specs yeah. of shows, and I still remember how good it was, and we loved you. Oh, thank you. I'm just curious, how many specs did you write like before you wrote that one? Just for our listeners out there who are starting out. 
That was the first one. First one. Yeah, that was the first one. Wow. (laughs) And what I remember about that time is we loved you in the meeting, and we were desperate to hire you, but—and this is something that would never happen now. They felt like we had too many women on the staff, and they wanted us to hire Ah, a man. And we were just like, no, no, no. It's Nichelle. She's the one. Yep. So there was like a delay of a couple of weeks, I yeah. think, before oh, there you was. got the job. Yeah. There was. I, now why. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And they kept saying, oh, they're trying to work out this. They're trying to work out that. We think it's going to happen. And I was like, it's not going to happen. I have to go and <laughs> I have to do something else. But it happened. Yes. It happened. I was so excited. And here we are. Yeah. And um, one of my best friends came out of that, Sherry yes. Carr. That's right. Yeah. We were staff writers together. That was such a great staff. It was oh such a great God. staff. And she and I didn't know whether or not we could be friends because uh-huh. we were thought we were we had to be in competition with oh. each other. Yeah. And then I think that we I teased her one day and we started laughing and then it was like off to the races. I think uh-huh. it's a good piece of advice that yeah. you're much better off being friends and team members with yes. others on staff, not seeing them as your competitors, because yeah. that just leads you down such an unpleasant path. I, th- yeah. I think that people have transitioned away from that idea. But I, I think that so. in 2007, that was kind of the norm. You didn't. It was a little bit more cutthroat. You know, yeah, cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Staff writers don't talk. Mm-hmm. You know that it was just. Yeah. the rules were stricter, and so I didn't know. Are we competing for the same spot? What's going on? Staff writers are often told, still, that they shouldn't talk, and we totally disagree with yes, that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Absolutely. And now. Let's transition to the awesomeness that is <laughs> yes. now. Flash forward. You have, you created and ran your show, Truth Be Told, yes. for Apple. We loved it. Oh, yes. We saw the pilot. Yay. I'm dying to see the rest. <laughs> it is so good. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah it's, had... Tell us, first of tell us what it's about, and then we'll talk. It's based on a novel called Are You Sleeping by Kathleen Turner, but you're not going to be able to read the book to figure out what happens on okay. the show. Mm. So we just kind of use that as the launching ground for story because we had to do something different. Otherwise, there would be no point. Right. But yeah, I went into a meeting last year at no a couple years ago at Chernin Entertainment and it was a general and I'd worked with the producer before Kristen Campo and she said oh I have a book it's a manuscript it hasn't been published that you might like mm. and um, it was a story kind of taking the idea of revisiting a crime um, from the point of view of the family members that were affected by it. Mm. And that was intriguing to me because you watch true crime and you consume it as if the people aren't real. Yes. And you know what I mean? It just becomes a story and water cooler talk. But, you know, there's a murder at the center of it. There's tragedy and there's pain. So I want it the idea of combining a family drama and a crime drama into one piece and sort of overturning cards and mystery beats based on the characters and how they had responded to this trauma. So we focus on the victim's family, the accused family, and then the podcaster at the center of the story, Poppy Parnell, who's played by Octavia Spencer. And she's so good. She's great. She's, she's phenomenal. The, the entire cast is Excellent. Yeah, it was great. I just have to say, Nichelle, I watched the pilot and I was so into it. And I was so, it was, it's scary, it's creepy, it's sexy. 
mysterious. mysterious. And then I finished it. And right when I finished it, the doorbell <laughs> rang. And I was like, oh, who's at the door? And I didn't, I was like, I'm not answering. And then it rang again. I'm like, oh my God, someone's out there. And I like cracked the door and I screamed because we have like a gate. And I'm like, who's there? And he's like, it's the notary public. I have an appointment. I'm like, oh, right. That's right. Sorry. I was like, I was watching something scary. It is just, it's so atmospheric. Yes. Yeah, we had a really good time making that. I had a um, producing director on the show, Mikkel Norgard. He and I worked together a lot to kind of get the visual palette down, Mm -hmm. and that kind of helped everything else. And when I talked to him, I talked about the fact that if you had the sound down, I wanted you to be able to know what story you were in based on how the show looked at that moment. Mm. And then if you couldn't hear dialogue but you could hear music, that would be the other thing that let you know if you're following Aaron Paul's story, Lizzie Kaplan's story, or Octavia's story. They each had their own look and soundtrack. So that's where we kind of started from after we finished in the room. Well, that's another thing I wanted to ask you about. The music is fantastic. That's a huge, huge part of the show. Fantastic Negrito performs in the first episode in the pilot. And then we use a couple more of his songs. But that was, once I wrote that, and I thought that the family would have this bar, and I kind of wanted to really immerse viewers in Bay Area sound. So there's a lot of uh, Northern California artists that are playing throughout the season. And it's a show where you should have your Shazam ready because there's (laughs) there's a lot of music and Apple is going to release playlists for each character. So that'll be like a fun, yeah, interactive part of uh, watching the show. Yeah, well, it's such a a window into the world of the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. It's something I haven't seen before. Um, And I just want to, like, be at that bar and hang out with those (laughs) sisters because Octavia Spencer has sisters in the show. Yeah, Tracy Toms and Hanifa Woods play her younger sisters on the show. And you have sisters in real life. Three. So I was watching, of course, and thinking about that (laughs) and wondering if the dynamics had anything, any relation to you and your sisters. Yeah, I just like that kind of sister interaction where it, you know, in black and white, it could seem like you're arguing, but that's just the way that you communicate. And there's so Someone, I wanted her to have someone in her life who pulls her coat, and that's her sister Desiree, who's played by Tracy Toms, who runs the bar, the family bar. And then Hanifa plays Saidi, her youngest sister. I used that name for the first time on your sh- on Women's Murder uh-huh. Club. Uh-huh. I just thought of that. <laughs> yeah. We all have names that we <laughs> yeah, like that we repeat. Yeah, yeah, I use that on my episode. Um, and she's just kind of like the bratty little sister who gets in the way. Right. So this show is about as high profile as it's possible to be. It's <laughs> one of Apple's first shows. Mm-hmm. It's with Peter Chernin's company. You also did it with Reese Witherspoon's yeah, company. Hello Sunshine. Can you talk about about just like the pressure, I assume there was pressure in that. There was a lot of pressure, actually, because, <laughs> you know, we were considered one of their launch shows. And even though we weren't the first show that they bought, we were the first show to roll camera for Apple. Wow. So wow. it was just, I felt the pressure of that. You know, this this big company who's been incredibly supportive and had enough faith and you know, I, I think I had an asthma attack the first day. Did you? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's comforting. Yes, stress. <laughs> yeah, stress. Okay, I yeah. did. I had. I got through the day, and I thought everything was great, and I'd done really well, and I was feeling really good. And then Malcolm, my husband, said, um, you sound weird. And I said, you know what? 
I don't think I could breathe. <laughs> so, oh, my God. I was just like, the stress got to me that way. So yeah. I had to be very conscious the entire time we were doing the show to remember all of those small things. But, yes, it was Hello Sunshine and Chernin, super supportive, and I felt an incredible amount of pressure to not disappoint the actors. I think that's where the stress really came from. Octavia signed on before we went out with the pitch and before I had written anything, so I didn't write a word without having her in mind. So the first episode was written that way, and by the second episode, I knew that I had Aaron Paul and Lizzie Kaplan mm. and then Elizabeth Perkins, Ron Mackay, and Michael Beach. I felt a lot of pressure to live up to everything that they all had to offer. Everyone's performance is amazing, but Octavia's performance is so just emotional. Understated. Understated and just beautiful. Yeah, she's so great. She set the perfect tone on set. I called her the um, perfect number one on the call sheet. Oh, it's so great to have a number one on the call sheet Mm -hmm. who is a delight. Yeah, and she was. And who is talented. And then it goes down from there. So if the top person is acting right, then Mm -hmm. everybody else also does. Yeah. They know that, oh, this is not a place where we could get away with anything weird. And, you know, she was professional and prepared and upbeat and super generous. And so is Aaron. And so is Lizzie. I just... I felt so lucky with this cast, you know, just their who they were as actors and then who they were as individuals and then what they all brought together. And I just thought, oh, am I ever going to be able to repeat this? This was this was really great. I hope you repeat it I, over and over. I hope, yes. It is, <laughs> I forgot. Well, it's limited. I was going to say, I hope there are a lot of seasons, but it's a limited run. It's a limited series, but with Octavia playing a podcaster who just sort of revisits different crimes and different stories, you could see the potential. Mm. But right now, yes, it's a limited series. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Thank yes. Because I already know I'm going to want more. <laughs> yes. Obviously, Nichelle, the show has an African-American lead, mm-hmm. which is, you know, happens, but doesn't happen as much as it should. Did you feel pressure on that front, like sort of what you're representing? Not really. What I wanted to represent was the diversity, not only within the um, Black community, but within a family, just so Mm. you could see that just because a certain person in the family is one way, then there's still a wide variety. And I think that, you know, having so many different kinds of characters on the show was That was where I wanted to show those different things because she's different from her sisters. She's different from her husband's family. And the idea that there's this woman who's super successful, lives in Marin in this big, fancy Nancy Myers house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the house is so <laughs> yeah, cool. great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with her big, fancy, rich husband. And then she drives across the bay and she comes from a really down-home biker family. And I just thought that was kind of fun to explore the different sides of a single person and then what family looks like within that range. You are an extraordinarily successful African-American writer in Hollywood. There are not so many of them. How has that been for you personally? And do you feel that things are finally heading in the right direction? Well, I think with all of the sources, you know, there's streamers and broadcast and basic cable, all the different places that need story, I think that's opened the door more than anything else. I think that all change is driven by economics. And when when people see, oh, not that they should do something, but they 
can do something and they could turn a profit from it, then the doors open even wider. I would love to say it's because people all come to this, like, you know, hippie, woo-woo conclusion that we should do the right thing. But it's like, oh, we could do the right thing. Oh, and I can make a profit. Yeah, this works out. And now that there are, you know, what, 500 different places you could sell a story, that means that there are more ways to tell stories. That means there are different buyers that they don't all look the same. They're looking for something new. So it's changed dramatically from when I got into the business to now. Um, We felt watching the show the specificity of your mm -hmm. voice. And we were talking about it on our work hike the other day that it felt like a sponge. We were just like soaking up water and we didn't even know that we were waiting for it. It was truly like it's it's really just so necessary. And like it felt so cool to be like, all right, here we are. We're finally seeing this on TV. Yeah, it was it was a a story that I wanted to explore because I hadn't seen it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little bit based on my own family history and that we, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area, which is an urban environment, but my family and inside the four walls of our house, it felt very, very Southern. Mm-hmm. So just the idea of, you know, having those two identities in one place was interesting to me. And you kind of see that in her character, you know, in the family's history. Like my own, they came from Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas during the war. That's how my granddaddy came to California. So inside my grandparents' house, we were in Louisiana, (laughs) even though we were in the middle of the area. And Michelle, you go on writer's retreats all the time. I do. And I want to ask about that because we talk about it, but we don't necessarily follow through. Right. And your Instagram feed is all the better for it. (laughs) What does that do for you, both just for your writing? You know, I think it's a way to disconnect. And then it's a way to cheat and hang out with a bunch of women who usually are (laughs) so busy that they don't have the time. And then they don't have the time to do something for themselves. So if we organize something and we go away, then everybody gets this break. And then you get this community. And then you talk about your writing and whatever else. And I used to do it in an informal way with the writers group that I was in for about 10 years because I had to travel to be in the group. Everyone else was in Northern California and I was here. So that would end up turning into these like little impromptu weekends that felt like a retreat. And then I applied and did Writers Colony Fellowships at UCross in Wyoming. And I was there for two months. And then I spent a month in uh, Montauk and another Edward Albee Foundation at another Writers Colony. And I kind of like that idea so much. So I started to organize them with women that I knew. I think Mm. the last one that we did was three years ago. We were in France, and there were about (laughs) seven of us. And I was thinking that I want to do it again. And I was just, you know, got the dates. We, My girlfriend who lives in Paris got the location for us. It was beautiful. And then, you know, we sent out an email to see if anybody wanted to go. And there were seven and we went for five days. Are you incredibly productive in that time or is it just like wine and conversation? You know, it varies because we don't put any restrictions. It's just like, here's the space, do what you want to do. The only thing that we do that's organized is that we all have dinner together. But during the day, some people are writing, some people are hiking to work through story. A few, you know, a couple of times people jumped on the train and went into Paris. And then, you know, we'd come into each other's room. It's like, oh, I did this today and read something out loud. But it's really informal and just a, the opportunity to disconnect mm-hmm. and take the time you need for whatever that is. So 
I want to tell our listeners about a thing that you did for me. I'm going to do it without crying. Mm -hmm. After my dad died, okay, you sent me a picture from Paris because your mom had died several years before. It was a picture of the first moment that you felt like things were going to be okay. Yeah. And it was one of the most beautiful things that anyone has ever done for me. It, It made me feel like I was going to have one of those moments at yeah. some point. Um, and it really helped. And since then, I had that moment finally, and I did take a picture of it. I was <laughs> walking to Starbucks with Violet. <laughs> it was like so not a beautiful picture. <laughs> Your picture is from Paris. Mine is of like Riverside Drive um, with like, you know, a kid and a dog in traffic. But I have that picture and I saved it and I have sent it to people since then kind of with the same intention and in honor of that moment. And I always think of you. And, like, how are you so awesome? (laughs) (laughs) It's It was just such a, like, brilliant and heartfelt and compassionate and wonderful thing to do. I just knew what that felt like. I, you know, my mother passed away um, while I was on Women's Murder Club. And that was... So horrible. And I had to go on to a new job after that, which I was not ready for. You know, I wanted to actually crawl into a hole for about five years. And one of the ways that I started to kind of take that back was the day she died, I left, I leave on a trip that day every year. So I could Mm. take that date back and make it about something else. And so when I'd gone to Paris with a friend, we rented an apartment and I woke up one morning and that picture of the the curtains coming in through the mm-hmm. window and I took the picture and I was just sitting there thinking about her and it wasn't I didn't cry. So it felt like a significant moment. And so I kept that picture and then I was thinking of what that first year felt like. So that's why I sent it to you. And I think that kind of insight and, and getting an empathy is why you're such a talented writer. Thank you. Now, Nichelle is going to stick around and offer us a much ho- happier a much Hollywood ha- yes, hack. <laughs> a very fun Hollywood <laughs> hack. Nichelle, thank you so thank much you. for being here. Don't so go nice. anywhere. A great excuse to see you guys. Yes, it's so great to see you. <laughs> yes. Coming up, Nichelle is back with a fun Hollywood hack. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, finally, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack, and it comes from Nichelle. Nichelle, we were looking at all the photos from your star-studded Truth Be Told premiere the other (laughs) night. Pictures of you with Reese Witherspoon and Octavia Spencer and Mackay Pfeiffer and Lizzie Kaplan and Aaron Paul. The list goes on. 
But we noticed that you were wearing an amazing outfit, and you looked gorgeous. Thank you. And you told us what it was, and that is our hack. So tell our listeners. I had a suit custom made, and I just think for special occasions, if it's possible, get something custom made that is tailored perfectly just for you. Now, we need to know so much more. (laughs) How did you get this idea? Was it a stylist who suggested you do this? Did you just, had you always wanted to get a suit made? How did you choose the color, which was a gorgeous sort of almost navy blue? And you and your husband had matching, like your colors matched. It was He had that blue velvet jacket. I was like, this is great. My mom was a tailor. Ah. Yeah, my mother was a tailor, so she made everything for our special occasions. And that was one of—okay, I'm not going to (laughs) cry—but that was one of the ways that I knew that she was really sick, and it was towards the end because I had gotten engaged, and I asked if she was going to wake my wedding dress, and she Mm. said no. And she was like, live to do all the special occasion things. She made all the gowns for my girlfriends in high school for prom, all of that. So I just associated special occasions with getting something made. And so for Malcolm's premiere years ago when he did a feature, I had a dress made by this woman in Brooklyn. It was so beautiful. I had a coat that went with it. And so when I knew the premiere date, I thought, well, I'm going to do something. And initially I thought I was going to wear a dress. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to wear a suit. And so I went to a, a designer named Rich Fresh. Look him up on Instagram. He's fantastic. And he mostly did menswear, but he had also designed suits for a couple of women. So I went to his house and we had a conversation and he kind of talked and he's just beyond cool. Then we went through different fabrics and he showed me all these different books and then he would put aside anything I liked and then it was a process of elimination. Mm. And then it went down to like two pieces and I chose that uh, navy pinstripe. So he took my measurements. I went back in for a fitting, and then he surprised me with that lace blouse that went Gorgeous. with the suit. Yes. Yeah, when that I went made to pick the it up, whole right? It so did. And then the, the lining inside—it's navy pinstripe, but the lining inside of the suit was floral. Like there are just all oh. these different, you know, touches on it. And he's so charismatic. And so when I went to his studio for the final fitting, I brought a bag of shoes. <laughs> That was our next question. Those shoes. Pink shoes. Okay, yes, continue. I brought, I think, like six pairs of shoes, and we tried them all on, and everyone thought that I was going with these snakeskin boots. And then I said, oh, but look at this pair. And I pulled out those fuchsia suede boots, and he was like, that. They're amazing. Yeah, and he was really funny. He was just like, I haven't done my job if you don't lose some friends because you look so good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't lose us. We were like, you did look good. Wow. Oh, my God. We will post a picture of you at the premiere in your outfit, in those incredible shoes, both on our (laughs) website, happierinhollywood.com. And on Instagram, we'll find a way. And then what is your Instagram? Uh, Tramble Girl. It's a private account, but Tramble Girl is the only social media that I have. All right. (laughs) Michelle, thank you for that custom-made suit. Hollywood hack. We have to get a show on the air so we can get a suit or something made to wear to a premiere. Yes. Goals. Goals. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to take a quick break. And then I am going to talk about the fact that I seem to be failing (laughs) on all fronts.
At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss physical, mental, or spiritual health. Today, we're talking about mental health or lack thereof. Liz, you feel like you are failing on every front, and that is impacting your mental health. Yes, Sarah. I am in that space where I feel like I am doing a shitty job in all areas (laughs) of life, and I know others can relate to this. Yes. And it's not something I always feel. I'm not one of those moms that's like, oh, I'm torn. When I'm at work, I feel guilty. When I'm at home, I feel guilty. I'm really not like that in general. But lately, it has hit me that I am just failing on every front. (laughs) So I missed Jack's Halloween. So that's just a bad mommy moment. I also missed his first band performance. He has started playing the clarinet in the, you know, elementary school band And he was so excited about his first performance playing Hot Cross Buns, and I wasn't there. And so I just felt like such a failure. On the Jack front, I also have not planned a birthday party for him yet. Again, last year, I didn't do a birthday party at all. I've got to do one this year, but I haven't planned it. So these are just like huge mom things that I'm failing at. At the same time, I feel like work-wise, I've been, like, pulled in many directions. You know, like, we have to schedule notes calls. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, I can't do it there, and I can't do it here. And it's like, I just always, I like to be fully available and present at all times. (laughs) And I just feel like I haven't been, and I've been sort of counting on you to carry us through. Which is fine, by the way. That is why we are a team. Yes, that's true. There are those moments. But I don't know. Did you, have you ever felt this way? Oh, God, yes. I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, you've been pulled in a million different directions because you've been traveling for the live shows. And I think I felt that way when, uh, when my mom was sick, certainly. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just different reasons for the same thing, ultimately, you know. I think every single person on the planet has felt that way at various points, and we just have to get through it. I will say I feel slightly better since we started hiking because Mm -hmm. I feel like it is—at least I don't feel like I'm failing on that front— And it does tend to be productive. And I guess, you know, there's the obvious mental, physical link. Well, and I think also it was for a finite period of time, which these, it's like instead of the season of sacrifice, it's a season of failure. Uh Um, You know? Yes, yes. And the season passes, and then it all works out, and the seasons move on. Yes. Well, I want to hear from our listeners if they ever feel like they're just failing on all fronts despite, you know, their best efforts. And what do you do to not feel that way? Because it helps nothing, of course, the guilt 
and beating yourself up doesn't change anything. It only then makes you an unpleasant person to be around. Yeah, because I think your that season is passing for you, but another one will come. Yes. It will come for me. It will come for yes. you. It will come for all of us. Yes. How do we get through it in the middle of it and feel better? Yeah, so email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. We are taking suggestions. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our fantastic guest and good friend, Nichelle Tramble Spellman. Watch Truth Be Told on Apple TV+. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and the new podcast from Whole30's Melissa Urban, Do the Thing. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft, and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Here's what I want to know. What size shoes do you wear? Nine. Uh-huh. 40 European. So I could borrow those boots. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was wondering where you were going yeah. with that. And I sell my boots and everything <sighs> on Tradesy and The Real Real. You know, that's another Hollywood hack. We're yeah. just getting so many hacks from you. Know, yeah. Tradesy, I don't yes. know about that one. Yeah, Tradesy's good. I have a bunch of purses and shoes on there now. Okay, well, when you cycle those boots out, okay, you let me yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to have a party where people bring all the things that they can't fit anymore. I did that once in the <gasps> Bay Area. Oh, and then and, trade. And you just trade it out, and I got great jewelry and shoes, and people took a bunch oh of my, my God, stuff. that's amazing. Great, right? We should do that. Another hack. <laughs> <laughs> From the Onward Project.